This podcast is brain powered by the University of Sydney. We are controlling transmission. Sydney Phoenix, Dr. Carl, and Adam Hey, how are you going? You've accidentally or quite intentionally downloaded a Sleep Geeks podcast. If it's your first time, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name's Adam Spencer. This is Dr. Carl Kruzelnitsky. We basically talk stuff. Some of it's a bit sciencey, and we see what happens. Dr. Is, Carl. Is sciencey actually in the Oxford English Dictionary or not? I'd be surprised if it is, but then again, I'm surprised by some of the things that are. I think they've gone a little bit sort of hipster Trendy, oh. the OED for mine. I see sometimes the new words they bring in and you go, chillax? Really? Did you need to do that? Well, the language changed. So in France mm. and in Italy, you cannot have new words. Oh. It has to be approved of by a committee. Mm. And in fact, in France, you can't name your child Ruby, Sun God, No, normally, hero. from what I understand, depending on which area you are, there's a list of names that are acceptable within that area area. Mm. Whereas in the English language, it is so much different. You can just make up your word and if enough people follow you and use that word, then that word will appear in the English language and be part of the, what do you call it? Lex... The lexicon. Lexicon. The, the lexicon. Okay. Right. So what was that? Imagine, imagine, if, there, imagine if there was if there only a list of acceptable names in, you know, Mullenbimby or one of the those lovely suburbs up around the Byron Bay area. If they insisted that every child there had to just be called Matthew or Sarah. <laughs> oh, forget or that for a joke. Claude. Don't see that happening. Okay, moving Whiskey, on. sunlight, a go-go moonbeam. I love, as much as any car, I love, any, I love a unit of measurement. Yes. I love a good unit of measurement, a, a, a kilo, mm. second. Yep. A millimetre. Yep. A newton. A barn. A barn? A barn is a measurement of cross-section, in other words, of uh, the chance of something landing somewhere, and uh, it's used in nuclear physics, ah. and it's short for a barn door. In other words, you couldn't miss it. <laughs> I like that. Tell me about a micro-mort. A, a mort is that activity which has got a 100% chance of death. Mortality? Yes. Okay. So you go to a cliff and jump off the edge, you're very close to having engaged in a one micro-mort activity. Okay. Oh, sorry, one mort activity. A mort. A mort. Because it will, or almost certainly, kill you. Yeah. Okay. Then um, the good Ron Howard, not that Ron Howard. Not, Not the filmmaker, not formerly Richard Cunningham. That's the one, right? No. Okay. So, uh, but rather... Ronald A. Howard mm. wrote a paper in 1980 called On Making Life and Death Decisions and then Societal Risk Assessment, colon, How Safe is Safe Enough? And he then defined the micromort as that activity which had a one in a million chance of killing you. Because micro is your prefix for one in one million, micrometer, yeah. microgram, etc. Except micromort. So it measures the riskiness of day-to-day activities. Okay. So let me just give you a few typical activities. activities. in terms of their micromort. You get one micromort from having half a litre of wine, one and a half cigarettes, living one day in a coal mine, or living two days in New York or Boston due to the air pollution. Doing any of those individual activities has a one in one million chance on average of killing you, hence Mm. one Micromort. Okay, so there must be 
more dangerous things you could do ah. that would be pulling in more micromorts? Yes, for example. So if you want to, uh, let's, let's look at transport. Okay. How many miles, sorry to use the odd unit, yep. do you have to travel to pick up a micromort? Well, a train is really safe. Okay. 6,000 miles, 10,000 kilometres, that's a big journey. To be a one in a million chance of dying. So Mot- it's a very safe form. Yep. At the other end, a motorbike, seven miles. Not 6,000, just seven. You're a one in a one million chance of dying if you ride a motorbike for just se- just over 10K, 11K. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And sports, skydiving, hang gliding, marathon running uh, and scuba diving, they're all around five to eight micromorts per jump, per flight, per marathon or per dive. Okay. Uh, roads have uh, different dangerous nuisances. Mm-hmm. And so at one stage... Now, I, I'm not sure if science is a word, but I'm sure the dangerous nuisances is... Is. Uh, right, okay, we're getting that in there. So the A18 in England, oh, this is an English article, yep. uh, if you drive 32 kilometres on it, you'll get six. You'll, you'll get one micromort. So 16 k's, one micromort. It's a terrible road, very thin, very okay. windy, right? At the other end, uh, your typical expressway is about 1,000 kilometres per micromort. Uh-huh. And then, so we could find in the future that on your GPS... Instead of just showing you a way there or the quickest way. Or avoiding tolls. Or avoiding tolls, the cheapest way. It could also show you the safest way. Uh-huh. Now. But you, could, you could say, I'm feeling lucky. Let's take the B12. <laughs> so I'm trying to think how we can, what's the wanky word, monetize this? Mm. Should we, oh, actually, now we can't uh, patent it now that we've revealed it in the public arena. Well, there you go. Bummer. Oh, God, that's how I was going to get my luxury German car. On the topic quickly of the OED Mm. and words in the OED, we've explained before publicly in one of our Sleek Geeks lectures, last year, 2014, in Science Week in Australia at the Sydney Town Hall, that the word selfie, according to the OED, which acknowledged selfie as its word of the year in 2013... Because it had gone up by 70,000%. Selfie, what they do in the OED when they add a new word is they then trace back through the literature and try and find the first reference they can to the word selfie. Selfie first coined on... A certain human's website. I wonder who that human could be. Wasn't mine. It must be mine. And Well, well it well, was, <laughs> now that you've reminded me of it. That argument suggests there are only two websites in the world, but no, it was. It was on your self-service science? Some of the people in physics at the University of Sydney have been on the web for so long that they were there when there were only 10 websites in the whole world, and even two. There were two websites. One of them was CERN. Because Tim Berners-Lee was working at CERN when he came up with the idea for December, the World Wide Web. Yeah. And okay. remember, he was working on Christmas Day, 25th of December. Good he on did him. the first HTTP. So anyway, going back but, to... But just quickly, that yeah. raises the question. If CERN's the first ever website... Second one was the Bishop Museum in California, in um, Hawaii, I think. Right. So that, back in those, and I, I remember getting on the web so early that there were people who were sending me emails saying, if you send me $10, I'll mention your website. Mm. That role model didn't take, quite take no. off. No. Still <laughs> big in Nigeria, that one. Uh, I, I found out why in Nigeria, when they send out the emails, they deliberately have them with such bad handwriting. Dear Adam Spencer, I am loving you to give you after prayer that you have received $44 million of my account when I was a soldier in Afghanistan. Now, a lot of people look at that and think, gee, this is obviously a bogus email. They can't even spell Australia or something. Why is there... Well, there's deliberate grammatical errors. They make deliberate errors to pick out the really naive people. 
Ah. The people who'd fall for anything. Uh-huh. And there are people like that. I'll believe anything the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, after all, Abraham Lincoln did say that you can fool all of the people some of the time and some of the people all the time, but if you can fool half the people once every four years, you've got a democracy. There you go. Well, he didn't say that. I lied. No. Okay. And if you believe that, you are one of those naive people. Okay. So they didn't have to. Yeah. Anyway, Getty, what, was it, what were you talking about? Micromorts. Micromorts. So the GPS units hopefully we'll have micromorts in the future. And if you're the person who gets fabulously wealthy out of this, please shout Adam and myself a beautiful vegetarian meal. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dr. Carl Krozhonitsky, talking micromorts on our Sleek Geek podcast. Now, Carl, I don't know about you, but I love mm. I love reading a good complaint letter. You sometimes see them, they go viral. Someone will write a letter about exactly how bad the service was at somewhere or a meal they had, and and it's Richard Branson. A guy wrote a complaint letter about Virgin once, and Richard Branson tracked him down and invited him in to be part of the team that oversaw the next generation of meals and and, and service and all that on one of his trains or planes or something, and managed to garner a lot of good publicity about reaching out to that guy. Oh, yeah, so he's a smart... Dickie did that. Smart cookie, Dickie, yeah, don't you worry about that. I've done a couple of gigs with Dickie. Really? What's he like? Um... What you see is what you get. Yeah. I think he's a good guy. I, I asked him. I, he, I, he appeared once at the University of Sydney. He was giving a talk in the Great Hall, mm. and he took questions from the audience. And I said to him at the end, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, Mr Branson, but the, the bulk of really wealthy people I've met who've made their own wealth, haven't inherited it, mm. uh, you look back in their history and there tends to be something early where they were really lucky. No disrespect to ah. your incredible business acumen and you've done great stuff, but was there a moment where you really lucked in ah, yeah. early on? And when he set up Virgin Records, he set up he wanted to help people make music, practically the very first person who came to him mm-hmm. was a friend of his, Mike Oldfield. Oh, come on. With something called Tubular, Tubular Bells. Bells. No. It was like, might be the first or certainly one of the very earliest pieces of music production that Virgin Records put their name to and therefore had all the rights for was Oldfield's wow. Tubular Bells. That's where Richard Branson says he lucked in yes. and got a bulk of capital behind him, after which he used his own acumen and did some you know, pretty amazing and out there stuff. So it helps to be lucky. It does indeed, yeah. absolutely. Now, when it goes to complaint letters, they're yes. not just a thing of the internet going viral age. People have been writing complaint letters for ages Possibly for longer than you think. How far back did the customer complaint letter go, Dr Carl? 3,750 years. Oh, that's a long grievance. Yes. What was it about? Well, copper. So in the old days, you could find lumps of copper lying around on the ground. Okay. And copper was reasonable material because you could, it was moderately hard, and you you could bash it um, and you could turn it into a weapon, but it didn't keep a very good edge. And that's why all the gods of metalwork have a limp. Oh, really? Because they discovered way back then, and how on earth they discovered this, I don't know, but if you added 1% to 2% of arsenic, to copper Mm -hmm. in the smelting process, it would give a very hard edge. Later they discovered the tin and the bronze and the zinc and all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. But the first one they discovered was arsenic. Uh And the trouble with arsenic is that it gives a condition called, if we're talking about killing you, peripheral, meaning the outside of the body, neuropathy, nerve damage. Uh In that case, think about your foot. You know how you can just sort of have your foot and you can lift your toes up? Yep. 
and down. Imagine you can't lift them up. Ooh. You would walk with a limp. Yes. Hence, all the if gods. If I have peripheral neuropathy, if you had that sort of I might not be able to limp. Ah. So, that was what, so that's why they all have a limp. And I remember in the original Thor comics, which I had the full set yeah. of before I got rid of them accidentally yeah. as a drug-raised hippie taxi driver, that the original Thor, when he was a doctor on Earth, walked with a limp. There you go. They got rid of that in the Thor movies. One thing I know about metals, PB, the symbol for lead. Yes. You know why it's called PB? From plumbum. 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 Which gives us the, the modern job of... The Latin word for lead, which is where you get plumbing from. And if you do not have plumbers, you do not have a civilization. There you go. Getting back to the topic, which was... Copper, 3,750 years ago, someone writing a complaint letter? Yes. And so they were... Um, they, they had this trade in the Middle East and they had written language. So written language basically arises where you can have people living together with law and order near a good food source. So yep. in each case, it started on the near a river. So it was the Yellow River in China, the Indus River in India, the, the Nile, Nile with the Egyptians and not just on a river but between in a Meso, delta, the delta. Yes, meso, meaning middle uh, or between, and potamia, land between the ri- rivers. Ah. Mesopotamia, between the, what are the rivers? The Euph- Tigris and the Euphrates? Tigris and the Euphrates. I'll oh, play on, thank you, Eddie. Oh, yeah. So that is in, in basically modern-day Iraq. And so they had written language, which was cuneiform. Cuneiform means wedge, form mm. means shape. And so it started off as, you know, a picture of a bird and eventually worked its way through into sort of letters of the alphabet. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's... Little, and there are little sort of, lots of the shapes like little sort of narrow triangles and yeah, things like that. And yep. So it started, you, you take clay and while the clay's still wet, you put the wedges in there, then you dry the clay, yeah, and the clay mm. tablet bears the cuneiform? Yeah. Okay. And so a, a person decided that he would translate the cuneiform letters not just of the wealthy mm-hmm. but of the average person. Good on them. And so there's one from a woman who's saying, I'm pregnant, dear slave owner, I'm pregnant, I love you very much, I'm pregnant, but the baby, our baby has stopped growing. There's been no movement for the last month. I fear that I will die. You must look after me. Isn't that tragic? Wow. And there's one from... What an amazing snapshot into a life from 3,000 years ago. And and there's one from a woman whose husband has died. She's been looked after by her brother 3,700 years ago. Mm. And she said, look, thank you very much for looking after me. The family, we really appreciate that. Uh, Can you send us some more money? Right, which is fair enough. There you go. You've forgotten. And then there's one from a merchant to another merchant, a copper smelter to a, somebody who's a guy who buys the copper to the guy who smelts it. And, he and says, let me guess, he's not happy with the he's copper? He's not happy. He's saying, wow. Now, look, now look I, I, I sent my messenger over to you. And let me point out, he's not just like one of them. He's, he's, a, he's a gentleman like you and me, Adam. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you turned him away like an ordinary common person and you said, here's the copper, take it. Or leave it. Uh, and, and furthermore, the wallet that I sent you with all the money, you hung on to. Whoa. And you didn't give it back. Let me tell you that I have deposited records of this conversation with the priest in the high temple. There you go. Oh, don't muck around with me, mate. That's like, that's like the equivalent of a current affair yeah, oh, in yeah, those oh, days. You, you don't want the, the priest top. coming around, kicking the door down, going, what's going on? Right. And then, then he what goes, are you doing, passing off dodgy copper? And, and then he, so he writes this letter and it has been saved down for three and a half thousand years. And so there's a few issues to take out of this. Number one, you had to, as you pointed out, do this long, time-consuming process yeah. and then send it 
by a this is a fragile clay tablet. Yeah. It wasn't then you had to send it by a courier who then had to walk with it for hundreds, if not thousands, of kilometers on foot through war-torn territory. And looking at the boots I'm wearing now, it reminds me that it took me five weeks to walk 900 kilometres across Spain. Yeah. So it would be months to get there. So you'd have to have the rage all the time yeah. while you're actually typing it in. So when you're sending off one of these complaint letters, just maybe wait a little bit before you hurt somebody's feeling because people can have their feelings hurt on social media. Can they really, Carl? I believe so. Yeah. And the second thing is this. There's roughly a million untranslated cuneiform tablets. Wow. How many trained, and this is a word that I'm sure is in the OED, how many trained cuneiformists, question without notice, do you think there are in the known universe? hundred? Exactly. They've got a good job. Wow. When <laughs> so, you say exactly, I think you mean, Adam, that's a reasonably accurate guess. That, not that there's exactly no, 100. But it's not 10, it's not 1,000. Yeah, but wow. You, you hit the order, order of, of magnitude. We will explain that to the audience another time if we've I'll got time. I'll take that. Right, but the point is, there's a lot of work, not many employ- people employed in it, and we need to know what they said so that we can learn from their wisdom back then. Great stuff. What's up? Twitter time. Yeah. Come on. Twitter. That's right, Carl. Time for a Twitter question. Mitchell Lawton has mm-hmm. asked us a question. Dr. Carl Adam, Sleek Geeks, why does my raisin toast always burn? It's only a really? few millimetres thicker, but it is denser than my white toast bread. Denser? I can switch the bread around in any combinations in the four-slice toaster. Doesn't matter where he puts the raisin toast on the white bread. He's done that experiment. The raisin always burns. At first, at first, I thought it was the thickness of the toast. Then I thought the density or a binding agent in the bread. Dr. Carl, do you know why raisin toast, according to Mitchell, will burn faster than white bread? No. But isn't it good that he tried it in different slots? Yeah, in good. Case one heater was. Mm. I'm guessing it's something to do with the. I know this is a dumb word. Biochemical composition. Mm-hmm. So is it higher in sugar? Is it lower uh-huh. in sugar? Is it higher and lower in butter? There's something going on there. The person who would know would be a food technologist, food scientist. Well, why don't? Well, let's let's ask let's ask the sleek geeks, Twitterverse, oh. the Geekiverse. Let's ask oh. the Geekiverse. Do us a favour. Try this experiment. I get the impression Mitchell's done it. He's compared raisin toast to white bread. How does it go compared to you know, your wholemeal or your soy linseed or flax seed or any other bread? Does raisin toast just seem to burn faster than any of them? Can you answer that for us? If people out there on Twitter could, could do this experiment at home, yes, in your toaster, flip it around, do different combinations, does raisin toast always seem to burn faster? Maybe send us uh, your results at Sleek Geeks. Hashtag Raisin Toast, and that's R-A-S-I-N for raisin, isn't it? R-A-S-I-N-T-O-A-S-T. Hashtag Raisin Toast. Send a photo as well. Go to your toaster, say set it on three, give it 45 seconds or until you smell some smoke, flip it out, take the photo of the Raisin Toast bread and the... And the control. The soy linseed or the white Ah, bread or whatever beside it. Yes. At Sleek Geeks, hashtag Raisin Toast. If we get a few photos suggesting that Mitchell's onto something here and that raisin toast burns faster than other breads, ah. we'll get a food nutritionist in and work out what's going on. So as the military say, if we get some decent ground truth, yeah. we'll start to go the next... Have you heard this word, kinetic? Kinetic. Yeah, kinetic. So I don't get a gun yeah. and shoot you no. with a moving bullet. No, what do you do? I'm going kinetic with you, Adam. Okay. 
If we can get enough ground truth on this raisin toast, if we can get enough ground truth and intel on the raisin toast, we'll go kinetic. Hashtag raisin toast at Sleek Geeks. Send us your photos and your theories as to why raisin toast seems to burn faster than other breads. Dr. Colin Adam Spencer, handing it over to you, Sleek Geekers. We'll hear from you soon. Geeks.